Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One of the great things about doing House of L is the type of people that I get to interact with and as the podcast is growing into different spaces, even though it's all under one platform, it's so fun to be able to do this silly blood wine podcast with Maggie. We finally came up with the name for it. I think we dig it. I think that you will enjoy this episode of us talking about our love for Star Trek. And I was a little surprised. There, There's a surprise in here. Of us spending a little bit of time talking some Marvel. I was not expecting that to be the case. But I guess this is kind of where all of the geek stuff can live on House of L. Which is a really, really good thing. I wanted to tell you about a couple people that we've started to partner with. Because those are the people that help allow us to do what we do on House of L. I'm so happy that we had someone reach out to us and say, hey, I like what you guys are doing. I would like to be a part of it. And that is State Farm agent Brendan Studzinski. And it's weird because we have a guy named Adam Studzinski working at the score. And I was like, oh, they're totally related. And they're not. They're not related. Brendan is a State Farm agent, and it's really easy to go to his site, chicagosf.com. So if you're looking for someone to help you out, if you've had a bad experience with insurance agents before, and you want someone who's going to be on your side, this is the guy. You can call him at 773-868-0707. But the easiest way to do it, if you want to go get a quote, chicagosf.com, as in State Farm chicagosf.com and here's what's great if you go to his site and you get a quote and you enter the code loho ten dollars is donated to pause chicago you know the people that take care of the animals which is perfect for an episode with maggie on it just getting a quote from him state farm is going to donate ten dollars to pause so please 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 Go to chicagosf.com or call 773-868-0707. Brendan Studzinski. He's the new insurance agent on the House of L podcast, and we could not be happier with his participation in the silliness that we do. Along with that, longtime partner and friend of this podcast is David Hochberg. You hear me talking about Team Hochberg all the time. Your trusted local lender. Check out this story about Doris. She was 78, loaded with debt, and barely making it financially off her Social Security and deceased husband's pension. Doris was overwhelmed because her late husband handled all the finances, so she called Team Hochberg for a free consultation. 
Team Hochberg helped Doris pay off her debt with a cash-out refinance, afford renovations to make her home a lot safer to live in, and build an emergency fund, and reduced her payments over $800 a month. Damn. Let's review. Before calling, Doris was stressed out and struggling to pay her bills. After calling Team Hochberg, Doris was debt-free, made modifications to safely live in her home, build an emergency fund, and save over $9,000 a year. Team Hochberg has helped thousands of my podcast listeners, like Doris. She listens. We appreciate it. He's helped rearrange their finances after the death of a spouse, but they cannot help if you don't call 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. Tune into Home Sweet Home Chicago, hosted by David, Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. on WGN Radio. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS 1124061. So Maggie told me that I need to watch Discovery. I have been fighting watching Discovery. I don't know why. I just have been, I think part of it was, here. okay. Let me be really honest with you for a second. Part of the reason is that when the score separated from CBS, and I'm using air quotes, when we separated from CBS, I had all that stuff for free. CBS All Access, I used to have for free. And then I didn't have it for free anymore. You know, if if it's free, it's me. Free 99. That's the type of discount I like. But I ended up caving in once the pandemic hit because I wanted to watch Picard. And it was one of the really nice things early on in the pandemic that I was doing was watching Picard, episodes of Picard before I went to bed. So then I started this fall. I started watching Discovery because I knew that on this podcast it would come up at some point. And I really like it. Like, I I don't know if I've ever binged that many episodes of a show as quickly as I binged the first three seasons of Star Trek Discovery. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And Maggie and I wanted to talk about it. And then Maggie also wanted to talk about WandaVision. So, in this episode, you get a little bit of a twofer. And if you... If you have not watched Discovery, we tried to make it spoiler-free. There are a couple in, he- in here, but I still think that if you haven't checked it out, you should. We enjoyed it, and we enjoy talking about it. Our latest episode of the Bloodwine podcast. Bloodwine, kapla! Maggie and I talk about Star Trek Discovery. Check it. We've we've settled on the Blood Wine podcast. That's our yes. name now, right? That is our name. It's a good name for us. It's a, it's a good name, and I couldn't find anywhere else who had used that name. So, yeah. Can we talk about Discovery? Absolutely. So- I did a little. I did a little reviewing of all of the plot points because I don't know Discovery like I know everything else. So, because I've seen every other show a hundred times over right yeah like i can tell you what picard was wearing on captain's vacation 
but like those short little short shorts. He but, was wearing those short little short shorts. There was a there was a lot of episodes where he's showing off chest hair and leg. Yeah, you know, he was a sexy man. He wants the world to know it. <laughs> We talk, yeah, I mean, we talk about Klingon boobage. We should also probably talk about Picard boobage. Picard boobage and leg? Picard shows it off, you know? I mean, if you got it, flaunt it, right? Isn't that's that, what I'm saying. Isn't that how you get a, a, a wife that's 40 years younger than you? <laughs> <laughs> and then they go and do Pitbull Rescue. Yeah. Oh, he's a, like that just made me the happiest. He's, he's, my sister sent me clips of it. Was like, look at what Patrick Stewart is saying about Pitbull Rescue, because she does Pitbull Rescue. I know. So, yeah, it's hard for you not to know that about Dina. So, yeah. She makes it. She makes it very clear, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a good thing Ooh. to to care about animals and whatnot. Um, he helps I, Spiegel get his dog. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she helped Spiegel find his dog a few years ago. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. So. I've finished or I'm caught up on Discovery. Okay. And I got to tell you, it went at a really frenetic pace for me where I finished the first two seasons, I want to say, in a week. Yeah. And they were like real seasons. Like they weren't, you know, like a lot of shows, like here's 10 episodes, here's eight episodes. Here's your six episode season. Right. And they're like, here's 15. I'm like, okay, that'll work for me. I, I have a lot of feelings about discovery i'm all for it let's 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 get into the feelings first things first the character of michael burnham is a fascinating like they made some some bold choices and Mm -hmm. the casting i mean that is a whole nother element of this but they made some bold choices on that character and and their framing of starfleet like at the beginning of what Starfleet was or was supposed to be, I really enjoyed kind of seeing, what, like, and it and, and to me it was encapsulated by a Captain Pike, like it, it's encapsulated in this is what it's supposed to be, and this is what it is. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I I think one of the interesting ways that they do that is even with. Um, set design and costuming because when you get on when you get on that enterprise i've seen people described it as an as an apple store like it is shiny and clean and bright and their uniforms are all perfect and bright and clean the rest of the star trek world at that time that we see on discovery is not so shiny bright and clean and i like i like that there's some truth telling in that because the original series and for a while of the next generation, basically as long as Gene Roddenberry was alive, Star- Starfleet was perfect. Starfleet is absolutely perfect. But then we start to see some cracks and we see we see uh, an admiral kind of go a little rogue in Pegasus. And then we really see the cracks when we get to uh, Deep Space Nine. Voyager's a, a different thing because they weren't really all that involved with Starfleet. But I, I like that. I, I, I don't see anything, even in the utopian world, actually being perfect. So I want to know what, what the conflicts are in Starfleet. In Starfleet. You're right. They, it's, it's painted like Shangri-La. Like the, everything is perfect. And we have, 
we have perfected society. And 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 early on in in TNG, there is some like, well, look at them. Look at how far behind they are. Why aren't they as enlightened as we are? And what I love about Discovery is you get to see some of the labor pains of that. You get to see, well, how did we get here? And what are the things as far as what are our values? And how do those values come to be? And when do we know when to when to, to, to step over the line in the name of our greater values? Like, I, I love some of that. That's why I love Burnham, because she's so easy to root for and so imperfect. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, she is very flawed. She ends up in jail. I mean, she is. She has all kinds of different issues. I, I mean, in from a casting perspective, it is damn exciting to see a black woman be cast at the center of anything Star Trek. Anything really that if we're looking towards the future, I hope that that's the world that we're that we'll see where it's much more comfortable having a black woman at the center of things. But that's not the world we're in right now. But the only way for us to get to that world is to go ahead and cast these people. So that is that made me really happy when it first was announced. And then the way Sneakwa Martin Green just she breathes in the role of Michael. Mm-hmm. She she just it's I mean the even like the little smiles, the little smirks, the little conversations she has with Tilly. Those are huge. Those are such a huge thing of showing. Uh, of showing just how how imperfect Michael is. I love what she does with even before like once you knew the connection with her and Sarek, you were able to be like, "Oh yeah, that's totally some Vulcan shit that she's been doing up until that point." Like even the raising of her eyebrow, the way that Spock used to raise his eyebrow when something was curious, it's so good. And and that fight, even though she's a, a, a human, that fight between her working through logic versus her own personality and her own emotions, it's terrific. And she does it in an incredibly intuitive way that, that allows us to understand the duality of who yeah. she is as a person. I I think that she is outstanding. Like that entire cast. Like I honestly like the cast a little bit more than I like the stories of Discovery. Yeah, and, I agree with that. Until we get to, to season three. And I do want to spend some time talking about this with you. I felt like they had boxed themselves in. Mm-hmm. With the time period that they chose, you keep running into canon. Exactly. And and it's like, well, now we got to have to do this thing because this thing has to match up with this thing and this thing has to match up with this thing. Their choice to go to the distant future, I thought, was a stroke of genius. Oh, a- Absolutely. Part of my issue with Discovery when it first was even just announced was that when they said and it happens 10 years before the Enterprise and I just rolled my eyes because 
there's so much more richness that we can get to going beyond the enterprise, going beyond Deep Space Nine, and how do you recover from the, the war with the Dominion and all of these things that I felt like there was so much more richness. But now when I look at it, I have no idea if this was the plan all along, that they always knew they were going to blow it all up. But now when I look back, it's like, okay, we had to, we had to absolutely establish these characters in a place where they were going to be comfortable and where Star Trek fans were going to want to sign in and, and spend the extra money to watch this show. But now that, now that we've hooked them, now we can just blow everything up and, and go to the future and see where the heck the, the Federation has landed. Right. It's not great. It's not great. Right. They... But there's still connections to the, to the other shows particularly in the episode where we see um, where, where we see the, the guardian of the city on the edge of forever. Like that, when it came all together in my head, I'm pretty sure I like threw something. I was so excited. It was so well done, but it still showed that connection, even though everything had been blown up. And you have this, this creation of a whole new Star Trek universe. Like you as a viewer have to challenge yourself and go, well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the the empires of Earth, like in history, they kind of don't last outside of about 300 years. It's about that's about how much you get yeah. in, in, in the history of Earth. So why would that be any different in a galaxy? Like, it, it doesn't surprise me at all of the place where they find themselves. It, the Federation finds itself. It doesn't surprise me that they were able to to talk to us about the things that were put in motion with unification between the Vulcans and the Romulans and where we might find ourselves, you know, thousand years down the line. Like, those types of things are exciting. Like, we haven't even, at least through season three, we haven't talked about the Klingons at all. No, no they were in the very beginning of the, epi- of the show, but then we haven't really seen them since. And and I, I've refused to believe that the Klingon Empire just kind of, when there was the great burn that they just went away. However, we did see signs at the end of Deep Space Nine, and even uh, Ezra Dax talks about it, that there are some problems with the Klingon Empire, and maybe we need to talk about those at some point. Yeah, and I mean, you can even go back to, to TNG, where we see all of the things with with how the empire covers up. And and I'm glad that in Discovery you see some of the infighting that's going on in the Klingon Empire and I like how they I like how they originally framed all of that. I thought some of the it was cool also to see like some of the costuming that they did because there you have to <laughs> you have to put together what Klingons look like in the original Star Trek versus like you have to you have to figure out a way. And I like how they kind of slowly were like, oh, Klingons don't have hair. And now when we see them when they're not in battle, they kind of have hair now. And you're starting to see a little bit of personality come out. And, right. and I think that, that that was a very cool way to do it. Yeah, there's I, I have to imagine that every costume and, and makeup and hair designer in Star Trek world after the original series just wants to swear at whoever said 
oh, these Klingons are going to be our main enemy, and we're going to have them look like this. And then, no, wait, they're going to look a completely different way. Like, I like that they make jokes about it, and they wink about it. And, yes. it, you know, Worf says, says it is, that is us, and it was a long story. Like, and, that's, and we just have to accept that. Um, but I appreciate that in Discovery, in, the, in all of the, the advances we've had in costuming and technology, and how we shoot these things that they look like they actually do look like somewhere in between and it, and it shows us a little bit more of the movement okay we've been we've been talking for a few minutes and we haven't discussed this yet i think that it's important for people who can't see us to understand that they owe you some money that the people at CBS owe you some money because they clearly created a character that looks exactly <laughs> like you. I know. It's crazy. All right. So I got I, to know because I had no idea because I hadn't watched Discovery. And you're like, you go watch Discovery. When you saw Tilly, were you like, wait a damn minute? <laughs> like, is that actually my sister? Are you? How, how are we related? Like, maybe, maybe Tilly is like my offspring not that i have kids but my offspring in the future some sort of aunt, somebody who i'm her ancestor i don't know but what i like about tilly is that if i do ever want to do any sort of cosplay at c2e2 or whatever it's pretty easy i just got to throw on a jacket yeah you've got it covered but the, uh, i guess the question is would you be ensign tilly or would you be captain tilly oh captain captain i think one of the most interesting things that we have seen in these three at this three seasons, when you talk about character growth, is seeing Tilly find her legs and seeing her say go from a very nervous, very unsure of herself ensign to someone who's capable and who the entire crew is like, no, yeah, she's in charge, no question. It's Tilly. There's no question. Like that's that's the kind of growth you want to see out of a character, especially one who's like, you know, who was as unsure as she was early on. All right, so wait. Now we have to choose between Captain Tilly and Mirror Universe Tilly. Uh, Well, see, the problem is with Mirror Universe Tilly, I would do Mirror Universe Tilly if it was, like, around a hair appointment when my hair got blown out. (laughs) Because I'm not blowing it out myself. That is too much work. So... It would be, you know, if, if it was near nearer to that. Though the costumes, I actually have in, like, the notes I wrote of things I want to talk about with Discovery. The costumes in Mirror Universe are just outstanding. Amazing. The whole crown that they put on Michelle Yeoh, like, that was just a, an astoundingly beautiful thing. And, like, every single costume, it just not only is beautiful, but also tells the story of the character in the mirror universe mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's doing everything it's a costume in a television show it's supposed to be doing i wasn't i mean you i should have expected it because it's star trek and everyone has to go into the mirror universe at some point i wasn't expecting you know what like i was gonna text you when i was like i'm just gonna work through this on my own I wasn't expecting, I like every Star Trek, like, oh, here's an episode, 
every couple of seasons where we pop into the mirror universe and we do some wacky stuff and we get to see the opposite versions of ourselves. I was not ready for, oh, wait a minute, we just going to stay here? Like, we're going to stay here for three or four episodes? And that there's actual consequence yes! to things that happen in the, the mirror universe. That, like, that took me a second to be okay with because even like the Deep Space, Space Nine one, we get to see how the mirror universe progresses and how the Terrans rise up and that sort of thing. But we don't, but it, it never has any true consequence on the prime world, on, you know, deep, regular Deep Space Nine. And then like, I actually, the mirror episode, as far as mirror universe episodes or shows that do well with it, I love what Enterprise did with it because they just went straight silly. They were like, let's go as nutty as possible with it. And I, I really like that. But it, yeah, it, w- it took me a little bit to get used to, to seeing the mirror universe and then people crossing over and people living in the universe that they don't belong in. Mm-hmm. You know, getting used to that was a little weird. And at first I was like, is this a storytelling crutch? I'm not here for storytelling. Like you guys have such a short amount of time and you're paid too much money. No short storytelling crutches here. And, and you, but I think they ended up making it work. I agree with you. And then like I, I, I recommended Discovery to a friend. And so while they're watching it, I'm kind of re-watching it. And some of the stuff is there early on and we just didn't see it. Like some some of those those clues were available to us, but we we had no reason to think that what we were seeing wasn't authentic. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize, oh shit, like it oh, oh, that's why that was important. Or that's why you know, we we had we had Michael being given opportunities that she probably should have been executed at some point. And you're like, right. now I get it. Now I understand like everything playing out the way that it did. And, and Michelle, yo is amazing. Like she's obviously like, she's an amazing performer going all the way back. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details like through her career like crouching tiger hidden dragon like all of that stuff but to see the way that she is able to balance both of her characters i think it's the it's the biggest swing for her to go from this respected starfleet captain to this absolutely crazy crazy terran leader to what she ends up becoming by the time we get through season three, I am so impressed by her. And I love all of the, like the way that they kind of went for it in the mirror universe. You know, yeah, her character, when she first crosses over into the prime universe from the mirror universe, it's almost like she's the Star Star Trek world's first real housewife. 
I mean, just with how over the top and her dress and everything, like she, that's who she is. And you know what? That's fun. I watch Real Housewives in New Jersey. So, you know, I, I think it's fun. So I, I like that, but I do like that we see her again. We see growth. We see her become a character that's more than just the funny fun thing and, and just being campy. And, you know, she is more, she becomes more than that. And then when we do see her go, there's, there's real heft to it. Yeah. I, cried. I mean, I cried everything, but still it's more <laughs> than just seeing another character die. It's, it's a character you care about. Yeah. You feel for that character and you, you've grown with that character. Um, I also really like that along with obviously like trying to figure out like what the hell happened between Starfleet and Trill? What the hell happened between them and, and the new Vulcan Romulan Alliance? Like what, what the hell happened with all this stuff? And meanwhile, some of the old school characters and, and species like come back into focus in like the Andorians. Yes. Yeah. Cause we have it. And everyone seems to hate the Andorians and I'm not sure why, uh, but I I enjoy the fact that we got some of that that we we were when we got to the the, the Emerald and 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 them kind of the Emerald Alliance and them being like the badasses and you're like oh this is great we get to move in a different direction and the threat needs to be different and and th- this was now it became more about like the the, the concept of conquering and conquering in a boardroom. Instead of necessarily conquering with with the starship. I also didn't know, did you know that that was Margot Kidder's niece? I did not. Because when when you look at her, because I was like, I was like, damn, she looked like Margot Kidder. And then I looked like, oh, that's Margot Kidder's niece. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense that she looks just like her. But I, I dig that about Discovery that we're... That the, the universe is branching out into different stories and you get to kind of understand, well, while everything was sweet with what we were seeing from Voyager and DS9 and TNG, stuff was happening in other places. Yeah. And, and now we're getting a better sense of what those things were. Well, and I mean, so much of Star Trek is allegorical. So when you, when you see that it moves from you're not conquering with a starship anymore, you're conquering with a boardroom, that's what's happening in 2021. That's, that is the world we live in. So Star Trek kind of recognizing that and working that in makes complete sense. We're not in the Cold War anymore. So it's not going to be the kind of things that we were worried about when we were watching The Next Generation or obviously mm-hmm. the original or the original series movies. It's going to be very different because the world's very different and the way we conquer stuff is different. But it's, it's still happening. It's just more happening in a boardroom than it is ever. It ever has in a, like, in the, you know, people shooting down jets and that kind of thing. Yeah, and so us being able to learn more about the Andorians and the Orions, like, it's really kind of cool. One more thing on Discovery that might be the most significant thing about Discovery. Their ability to celebrate love in all forms. Yeah. I think is tremendous. 
and the way that they very adeptly explain through the story, like, hey, would you like to understand what binary and non-binary means? We're right. going to give you a course in that with these characters, and here it is for you. Whatever type of it, – it, it strikes me, it always kind of struck me, and there were moments where this happened in some of the previous iterations of Star Trek, most notably DS9, where we, we started to see them drifting into areas that were ahead of its time. But now, with Discovery, it, it shouldn't be weird. In a society where everything is, is free, it shouldn't be weird to see two men in love, two women in love, a man and two women in love, two women, you know, two, two women and a man being in love. Like, all of these things are available to you or people who don't don't even think about gender that way. Of course those are things that are going to evolve. That that right. the the the, the, uh, the spectrum of sexuality yeah is going to evolve and I I love that that discovery does this with the show. And and yeah. it's it, and it makes it very easy for anyone who is like, oh, like you kind of understand, like you get it. No, you should get it no matter how you came into feeling about it. Right. And it does it, it does it just by telling the story and it does it in a non-preachy way, you know, and you see, you see the relationships be- with Culver and Stamets and that just being a mature, loving relationship between two men. And it's not preached about. It's not, it's just there. It's, it's two old men brushing their teeth together. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, just a very normal scene. And then you're right. We see all the different iterations of, of couples and that sort of thing. And it is so important. And I think of, I think of in Schitt's Creek. Uh, did you watch Schitt's Creek? No, I've, everyone keeps telling me I need to get on Schitt's Creek and I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, it's really good. But I, I don't think I'll be giving away anything. The one of the main characters, David Rose is pansexual. And he has a relation. He has a, an encounter with a woman, and the woman basically says to him, "Like I thought you only liked white wine because I like white wine, but then last night you liked red wine." And he says, "I like the wine, not the label." And it was just one of those moments that, like, is used to say to people, "This is what pansexual means." Like. If you were ever concerned about, confused about it, you watch this scene and you're like, oh, I like the wine, not the label. And I feel like it's that same thing with non-binary when we're looking at what Discovery has done. Is it just made it a very like, no, that, that person does not see themselves fitting on a binary. So we don't, we understand that gender is more than just man and woman. There's a lot more to it. It's a spectrum. So we'll just... You know, respect what that person is wishing. Yep. I, I really enjoy the show, especially now into season three, just because they opened up a world of possibility to make it their own series and for the creativity of it. They did the fan service thing. They took mm-hmm. care of all the fan service stuff. And then they were like, okay, now we can forge ahead and we can explore this very different universe from anything that Star Trek fans have experienced. Yeah. 
And I, I wanna, I don't know if you've noticed this in your, your watches, but two of their, the directors that they've used more than once, LeVar Burton and Jonathan Frakes. That's right. And there's no way you can just say, forget the history of Star Trek when you're having those two director shows. You know, I think that, that obviously, I mean, Jonathan Frakes is a good director. He's very, he's very credentials. He's, he's done a lot. And LeVar Burton is getting more and more into it. And it's just really fun to see how closely connected they stay to this universe while also letting it go, you know, go off and explore and do its fun, different things. Have you watched Lower Decks? Oh, yeah. Have you watched it yet? I love it. I absolutely love it. It is. It's every every week when the new episode came up, it was like, oh, I cannot wait because it just is so fun. But also more than that, it wasn't like it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't just about being fun. It was about telling this great story again with a black woman as the protagonist and and seeing how how Star Trek treats its people that aren't in the right you know, aren't aren't sitting in the the captain's uh, ready room. You it's, know? it's it's the there's a the movie Boomerang with Eddie Murphy where he's explaining to Halle Berry about what's going He's watching Star Trek, and he's like, I wouldn't want to be Yeoman Johnson. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because Yeoman Johnson's going to be dead. He's like, look who's beaming down. It's Kurt, yeah. Spock, McCoy, and Yeoman Johnson. Yeoman Johnson's going to die. And so us being able to, to, to get a, a slice of life of what those people might be feeling like and the, the fourth wall wink that we get each week Oh yeah. On that show, explaining some of the stuff that's gone on in in Star Trek's past is just great. Um, at, when they come back with a new season, we'll do a whole episode. Yeah. Uh, the, on- I, the episode where they like parody the movies is just—I mean, just the most perfect thing. Even if even if any of our listeners, if you're not listening, you don't watch the entire Lower Decks watch that one where they parody the movies because it's hilarious. It's out of sight. It's out of sight. Okay, this is a good time for us to take a very short break because we do need to take care of the people that take care of the podcast. On the other side of this, though, we get into the conversation about WandaVision. If you're interested in refinancing your existing home to lower your interest rate, pay off debt, shorten the term of your loan, or renovate your home, then you need to do what I did and call Team Hockberg. Yes, I actually do work with David Hockberg or else he would not be on this podcast. In January, Team Hockberg helped my podcast listeners secure lower rates and convert close to $2.4 million of their home's equity to renovate their homes, pay off credit card loans, pay off debt, medical bills, collections, judgments, and IRS tax liens, which reduce their payments over $60,000 a month. What are you waiting for? Your debt isn't going to magically disappear, and the consultation is free. That's why you need to call Team Hochberg now to see if they can help lower your rate or pay off debt to reduce your monthly payment. Team Hochberg helped me and thousands of the pod's listeners secure lower rates and reduce their monthly payments, but it can't happen unless you call. So call them, 855-56-DAVID, or visit 56david.com. That number again is 855-563-2843, or visit 56david.com. Tune in to the Home Sweet Home Chicago show hosted by David Saturday mornings on WGN Radio. That's from 10 until 1. Homeside Financials and Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 1124061.
the WandaVision conversation is coming up momentarily. But we have a new sponsor. We want to take care of that sponsor. And that sponsor is State Farm Agent Brendan Studzinski. Go to his site. See what he's about. ChicagoSF.com. It's real easy. ChicagoSF.com. And the best part of working with him is if you get a quote from Brendan, he's going to donate. State Farm's going to donate $10 for every quote that we get. It's that simple. All you have to do is talk to the man. Get a quote. It's right there on the front page of ChicagoSF.com. And they're going to donate $10 to Paul's Chicago, which I know is something that is near and dear to Maggie's heart as well as Brendan's. So we've got a new insurance agent on the show. He should be your insurance agent. ChicagoSF.com. That's for Brendan Studzinski. Go call him. And now you get your dessert. A conversation about WandaVision. No spoilers, I think, but listen anyway. Before we wrap things up, I think I saw on Twitter you wanting to expand our little Star Trek podcast, at least particularly this week, because you wanted to talk about WandaVision. Is that correct? That's correct. If our if our listeners are, are, are good with us going there. All right. You know? I'm good with it. I I so I had been kind of like not watching WandaVision because I was like, I have too many shows. I have, I, but then more people, more people were talking about it. And I was, and the other reason why I didn't is because in the pantheon of Captain of the Marvel universe, I just kind of wasn't all that excited about Wanda or Vision. So I was kind of like, eh, whatever, I'll catch it eventually. But then everybody's talking about it. And it is so good. It is so much more than just like a fun, happy show. It's, like really looking at some of the trauma mm-hmm. that Wanda has been through. And then also we get to see what happened after Captain Marvel. Yes. Oh. I was trying to tell people today on the air, because I know like a lot of people just, I've talked about it on the air or I've tweeted about it. And I know a lot of people jumped out. Like they, they were like, this is too campy for me. Like I'm not with this. Like, uh, you know, get on with, you know, Winter Soldier and, and Falcon, like, get on with all that stuff. And I'm like, you have to stay. Yeah. And I was I- explaining that before people watch episode four, they should rewatch Captain Marvel because it'll put you in a good place to be like, oh, oh. And, and yeah. then episode five, I, I avoided spoilers, and I'm not going to give any here. I avoided spoilers all weekend long i had people texting me like did you watch that i'm like it is nine in the morning i did not watch wandavision (laughs) this morning text me when you watch it and i was blown away by episode five yeah i mean it it just seeing how so many of the things come together and also how it it, i'm guessing it's setting us up for like the next few episodes oh yeah it's setting us up for a lot of things a lot of questions we got a lot of questions and i don't feel like there's an easy answer to literally any of them but also like seeing how because captain marvel is my absolute favorite of all of the all the movies really yeah i love captain marvel why what why was it your favorite 
Um, well, first of all, I just, I like the character of Captain Marvel. I like that she is a woman who doesn't take shit from anything or anybody or any, anything. Um, the scene where, she, the scene at the end of the movie where she just keeps getting up again and again and again, I'm not even lying. There are times in workouts where I put that scene in my head where I'm like, okay, you're going to be like Captain Marvel. You're going to keep going. You're not going to get knocked out. You're not going to let anybody keep you down. You just keep going. So like, I just, I love her entire character. But I also like that it wasn't just her as, as an interesting woman. It was also her best friend and her best friend's daughter. So it's hard to talk about this without spoilers. Sure. But like there's there, just knowing that we find out more of what happened after Captain Marvel went back to space. Because like we knew she came back because she came back for Endgame and for Infinity War. So it's like, okay, well, we need to, you know, but there were other people. What happened with them? And we find out, and it's it's just it's so good, it's so fascinating, and I think they really did justice to that story with WandaVision. I I thought that in Captain Marvel, look, we're we're a a pair of people that do a podcast that are of a certain age. What I loved about Captain Marvel that I wish they would have done more in Wonder Woman eighty four, they let the music of the time tell the story. Yeah. They they uh, they huge. took took us on a ride, and like that's that's our shit. Like that's the stuff oh, that yeah. we were listening to when we were teenagers. But they allowed it to tell the story, and I wish that Wonder Woman eighty four would have done the same thing in, in the movie. Where like that was a, a very interesting time for music. Like there was right. a lot of stuff that was going on, and with Captain Marvel, they fucking nailed it. They nailed yeah. it with well, with, even like the her wearing the nine inch nail shirt. Yes, like that, that said something. That said a lot of things about like if you saw somebody walking in the mall in 1995 in a nine inch nail shirt or a TLC shirt or you know like what shirt you were wearing to the mall and what band it was said exactly which area to the mall you were going to. Right, you know? right. So, like that, they did that. It said a lot about who we were expecting her character to be. And then I, I remember reading an article about the use of Just a Girl by No Doubt. And they said that they kept trying so hard to find any other song, but they just kept coming back to being like, no, this one's perfect. This, one, this song says exactly what we needed to say. Why are we running from this? And so, I mean, it's just so perfectly used in it. Let's go back to what you were saying about the, the trauma to Wanda. I, I think that this is why I love you, because you're bringing up stuff that I'm not thinking about. That, And I know that like, it's in there. Like, I know in the back of my mind, I'm like, all of this is a manifestation of her trauma. But yeah. the fact that the, the way that you put it, like, us being able to see and live her trauma. Like, we're all living it out, whether you're inside the bubble or you're outside the bubble. Right. There's a lot of trauma that took place that that really like they tr- like in Endgame you work through some of it. Like Tony Stark is clearly working through some of it where he's right. like I don't want to have anything to do with this. Thor is clearly like I I That's why we get fat Thor. I I I feel that he, no one encapsulated the audience's feelings better than him. Yeah, we, that's a good point. We were all Thor after Infinity War. All yeah. of us were enraged and saddened by what happened and sitting there 
helpless, helpless, and he embodied that. I, I think that you're dead on about this whole thing being a way for us to talk more about dealing with trauma and childhood trauma mm-hmm. for her and the, the the trauma of losing your spouse or your significant other. Well, that she lost a spouse and a twin. Like losing, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a twin. You're not, like, I don't know that feeling. But every twin I know, that relationship is is so important. And the idea of losing a twin and then losing your spouse and seeing all of it happen. You know, she wasn't, she, she saw literally every bit of it happen. And honestly, in 2021, there, nobody got through 2020 without some trauma, you know? Mm. And I, I am really, really glad that we have a, a TV show that started out as like fun and campy and saying, nope, we need to talk about our shit. Because maybe if we see Wanda working some way through it or not working through it and seeing the problems with that, just maybe more of us will take that moment and be like, you know what? I need to work through my shit too, because there's a whole lot of us walking around in the world with some trauma and we got to work through it or we're going to end up being crazy like Wanda. The juxtaposition too of everything's fine. Look at this perfect sitcom world. That we're right. in. Everything's fine. Or it will be at the end of these 22 minutes that we have. And then, and and there is that in episodes one, two, and a little bit of three. Where it's like, okay. everything's fine. Everything's, and that's why I think a lot of people are like, I don't know about this. But, but now, it's like, oh, no, no, no. We're in the shit now. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to deal with all of this right now. Because if you don't. You're, you're not going to get to, like, the next part of this. And I also love that they brought back Darcy. Like, yeah. And the, I, I need, I'm going to need a backstory on what's been going on with her since, since, since uh, Dark World. I need, I need a backstory on that. And I love the way that they've put together this cast uh, of, of, of everyone that's involved with S.W.O.R.D. and everyone who is, is caught in the town. I think I, I'm a big Katherine Hahn fan. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic. She's so damn funny and so versatile. And, and them using her, like, she is, her, the way she is leaned in to, to being Agnes or Agatha, Harkness, has been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, she is just perfect as a sitcom friend. But like you said, she's versatile enough that when things get darker, she is, no problem going to that dark spot. So yeah, I I was not expecting like I watched it all this weekend. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. And I'm like, I'm texting Amanda Kashubi and I'm like, you need to watch WandaVision so I can talk to you about it. She was like, Okay, all right. So is Kashubi like, in on this? She hasn't watched it yet, but we're we're I'm working on her. All right, let's get her in there because we, we could always use a third. And Absolutely. Although everyone wants to be on this this podcast, everyone wants to be on the blood wine because this is where we have fun. This is the fun one. At some point, we need to uh, we need to bring Mike Freeman on as he is such a well known Star Trek nerd. Yeah, and he only wants to talk about Captain Janeway. Like that's all he wants to do. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear about your Picards. He wants to talk about Janeway, and that's it. And I respect that. I absolutely. <laughs> 
respect that. Well, Maggie, this was another successful voyage for us, I think. I agree. This was a good time. Yeah, it was a super good time. And now we'll figure out the, the we still we need a Will Riker man whore episode. Yeah. Cause I also I would also like to do an episode focused on the movies. Okay. I watched I watched uh six over the weekend in, in tribute to Christopher Plummer, God rest. So, you know, I, I realized I'm like, you know, we need to just do one delving into the, the movies because they are really good and really bad. Some are terrible. Like mm-hmm. just terrible. Which good. It gives me a chance to go back and watch some of those terrible, terrible movies. Okay, friend, I appreciate you yet again. I appreciate you. This was fun. Always, always have a wonderful rest of your night. You too. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.